So hey, today the topic is um, a tranquil heart or an unanxious heart is life to your body. Yeah? Some of you took a bigger breath. Amen. Um, so hey, the 4th of July was cool. Yeah? Good day. We played some kickball. Felt good to win. <laughs> um, but the 4th of day, 4th of day, the 4th of July is actually probably the worst day of the year for dogs. Um, if you don't know that, it is a horrible day in the life of a pet. Um, because it feels like probably a war is happening around them. <laughs> Bombs are going off. And so my dogs do not do well on the 4th. We have three, two Goldens and uh, many Aussie. And this is just a freebie. This might not connect to the sermon, but I'm just going to help some of you as you get pets one day. Um, but every year I have to get home for the animals. Like I can't really stay there for the, for the fireworks. We have to go. Um, at least I do. And same story this year. We're at some friend's house, but I had to bounce out early, get home by eight. So we had these like, uh, like not tranquilizers, but kind of like, what are they called? Thank you. Sedatives to give to my dogs um, from one of them went into some surgery. So I'm like popping them in my two dog, my three dogs mouth, two for the big ones, one for the little one. Um, so I'm like, okay, Lord, I need your wisdom. And I just felt like God gave me wisdom this year. Like I literally cranked up the music as loud as possible on Alexa instrumental. And then I put the noise cancellation headphones on and watched a movie. And like my dogs didn't even know the bombs were going off around them. It was incredible. When my family got home, they're like, why is it so loud in here? I'm like, shh, I'm watching a movie. The dogs are chill. <laughs> they're just like all passed out. So it was great. Anyway, the piece I'm talking about today, this is the connection. It's an inner peace. <laughs> it's not a peace that is from the outside. It's a peace that's from the inside, and it's a peace that comes from God. Uh, can we throw up those verse, verses? That'd be awesome. So, guys, hey, we were made to live from peace and with an unanxious presence. So this is the same verse, different uh, translations. It says in the NASB, a tranquil heart is life to the body. NIV, a heart at peace gives life to the body. Amplified, a calm and peaceful and tranquil heart is life and health to the body. <laughs> Amplified just takes every translation. They're like, boom. Um, and then the Passion Translation, a tender, tranquil heart will make you healthy. Man, isn't that good? That's the word, man. I mean, that's pretty serious. Like, our peace, our tranquility, it's actually affecting our entire lives our body, you know, and uh, <clears throat> this year, I feel like more than any year of me walking with the Lord, that God has continued to turn my gaze towards Jesus being a very unanxious presence in my life, and I just know, like, God has been inviting me. I'm not prophesying this over myself, but he's been telling me, like, I need you to be able to carry greater capacity. I need you to be able to stay in greater storms, greater chaos, like, I need you to be who I am, you know, which is a very unanxious presence and peaceful presence in your life. And so I just feels like so many different times I'm sitting with the Lord and the revelation that he's continually shown me is he's just a man of peace. Last week, I came into the Sunday gathering, and I came in anxious. I had a lot of things going on in my own life, some other people's life. My house was nuts. There's a lot of transition with people in our community, the JB house, and I just was kind of swirly. And uh, I got into the presence, you know, the worship hit, and I just saw Jesus. I don't know how else to say it, but yet again, just looking at me in the eyes, unanxious about what I was experiencing, and just total peace. And it literally just flipped the whole script in me and just simmered me back down and be like, dude, you're, you're fine. He's like, you're fine. I'm like, we're all fine, aren't we? He's like, yes. Um, and so, guys, when we look at Scripture and the life of Jesus, we never see Jesus in a hurry. If you find a place in Scripture, let me know. You may have a weird translation that's like, Jesus ran. Like, Jesus just walked. He just walked. Uh, you never see Jesus flying off the handle. You never see him losing his stuff, getting like, what the frick? You know, he's just chilling. So much that I think Jesus can actually offend us in the peace that he walks in, in his unanxiousness to what we're facing and what the disciples were facing. 
In Matthew 8, you see Jesus in a storm with the boys. And these are like pro fishermen, some of these guys. These aren't like, hey, we're going to go see the Channel Islands. Let's get on, you know, take some Dramamine. Uh, these guys have been fishing their whole life. <laughs> and uh, they're in a storm, and literally the storm is so nuts that they think they're going to die. And they literally wake Jesus up. They're like, dude, Jesus, get up. Don't you care that we're going to die? And we would hope Jesus would wake up and like validate like our fear and be like, I am so sorry you feel that fearful. He's like, why do you have little faith? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, you're offending me. Stop it. Um, he literally challenges their faith in the midst of the storm. Like, don't you trust me? I'm sovereign here. I got this. You're with me in the boat. No validation. I know. And then you go over to John 11, and you see Jesus getting this report about his boy, Lazarus, who is literally about to die. And most of us, like, if we got a report, like, dude, Mark Barlow's about to die, right? And Ryland's walking in this crazy healing gift. He's 100% of time. He, everyone, Ryland lays hands on, they get healed. I'm like, dude, we got to go. We got to get Mark healed. And Ryland's like, yo, we're just going to hang out two more extra days. I'd be like, dude, you're killing me, Ryland. Let's go, <laughs> you know? And, like, they just chill. And they know what happens when he shows up. Lazarus is dead. He's freaking dead. <laughs> but, but, Ryland, being who you are, heals Mark. And Mark comes back from the dead, and it's an amazing story. Guys, the peace of Jesus, the unanxiousness of him, the pace of him, it should challenge us. It should challenge us the way that he operates in life. And we live in a generation that's like a lot of you guys are in your 20s, some in your 30s, some older. But man, in the 20s, so many people are like so anxious about the call of God on their life, about what they're doing, about their destiny, about fill in the blank. It's like, I should be here because I had a guy in high school and he's got like a car and a house and I should be doing this. And, that. you know, we're just like anxious but then you look at Jesus and you're like, yo, this guy didn't even begin his ministry till he was 30 years old. He never did an act of power. No one ever got healed or anything until he turned 30. And here's the crazy part no one really tells you. Some of you are like, yeah, I've heard that before. I don't think anyone told you this one. The average death of a male in that society in Jesus' day was 30 to 35. <laughs> So that's like you stepping into your call. If you make it to 90, you're like, 85, I'm stepping into my calling now. You know? It's like, dude, that was way late in the game. That's why you would step into your call at 12, which Jesus was trying. And Mama was like, no, you're not ready. He's like, okay, honor. You know? But you would jump into what your dad was doing as a male and follow his trade into his calling. Wildness, people. To say that Jesus lived in peace with an unanxious presence about life would be an understatement. It really would be. It would be a total understatement. And as we're following Jesus, I want to say, like, one of the things we're following him into is to live this way. To live unhurried, unanxious, at rest, and at peace. And it says in the book of Hebrews that there's a rest for the people of God. There really is. There's a place of rest, which is why, again, what did Jesus do after he ascended into heaven? He's like, dude, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> it's done. It is finished. Like he's literally sitting down in the midst of what's ever going on in the world, governing from a place of sitting. Yeah. I remember I was 13 years old. Uh, my younger sister was five. I love my younger sister a ton. And I kind of stayed back after high school to kind of take care of her because I grew up in an alcoholic home and just chaos, police at the home and, and mom's in rehab. And anyway, it was messy. Some drugs were in the environment sometimes. Um, but I, 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 uh, my sister, she's only five and I'm 13, and we're riding bikes. And she had just learned, I think. She was either training wheels or she just learned. But She's, she's riding in the middle of the street, and all of a sudden, I don't know what happened to this day, she flies over the handlebars, and literally just her face just like 
on the pavement, you know, and her arms. And she just comes up, and she's just, like, gushing in blood, you know. And I'm just like, ooh. You know, and here my mom comes out. My mom's like, what did you do, Jason? You know, because I used to, like, mess with my sister. Um, and my sister, in the midst of all the blood, she's like, Jason didn't do it. I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but I share that story because imagine if my mom was able to be calm in the midst of that storm. It's not like things would have changed, but man, it would have changed. You know, and, and our un- unanxious presence in the midst of storms, not only for our life, but other people's life, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. About a month ago, I was walking into my house, I think to put my phone on the charger, and all of a sudden, my 18-month-year-old, not my 18-year-old, that would be interesting too, um, but my 18-month-year-old, Annabelle, comes tumbling down our stairs. And if you've been in my house before, my stairs could be like ladders. It's, it looks like a ladder. It's like the house is 120 years old. I don't know why they made the stairs like that. But she comes tumbling down the stairs, and I'm just there. It's the grace of God. And she flies out, you know, and I just picked her up, swooped her up, and I felt the presence of God come all over me. I just held her. I knew it would be crazy in my home because of my kids and, you know, Holly and the dogs. And so I just, like, got out. I took her for a walk. She was crying. But all of a sudden, I just felt like heaven's peace was just coming on her. I was just praying in tongues over her and just felt like, man, God is doing this right now. He's like, literally, I think she would have had a concussion. It's the grace of God. Like, I'm convinced. He just healed her in my arms for, like, 10 minutes, you know. And she was just, like, back to, like, who Annabelle was. You know, but that kind of stuff can bring trauma to a kid's life. But the grace of God, like, it can literally heal us if we can connect with his peace. Come on. Woo! You know one of the best things for babies is? Little babies, like a few months old. A calm mom. A calm mom. Babies, they've done these tests. They can, their heartbeat could literally sync with the heartbeat of their mother. That's crazy. That's crazy, guys. I mean, I've had seven. Like, it's wild that a baby's heartbeat can tap into the same one as their mom. In many ways, it makes me think, like, we're, like, connecting and syncing our life with God's heartbeat. Like, we're constantly trying to find the heartbeat of God to live into that same state that he's in of peace. A tranquil heart is life. Come on, to our bodies. Medical uh, research estimates that 90% of illnesses and diseases are stress-related. Say what? (laughs) That's wild. Guys, 90% of sickness potentially could be stress-related. And when I was looking at stuff, they were like, some were like, no, that's on the lower side. We're definitely convinced it's even higher. Dude, anxiety, worry, fear, this stuff is just not good for our bodies. I I just don't believe heaven designed us to carry those things, which is why perfect love drives out fear, right? And casts all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. You've heard me say this before. You'll never cast anxiety unless you know God actually cares about you. Hmm. Guys, I'll say this too. My worst moments as a husband as a dad, as a human, <laughs> have came when I just was not in peace, when I just took things into my own hands. And Colossians 3 says this, watch over your heart. Nope, it does not say that. It says, Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ govern your heart, or let the peace of Christ be an umpire to your heart. Is that good? Like literally, his peace should be what governs our hearts in life. And guys, sometimes you can't hear the voice of God, but you can hear the peace of God. And I would say, guys, if you have a lack of peace in some area of your life, I would be slow to move into that. That's taken me a lot of years to learn with so many things. Peace is a great indicator. Proverbs 4.23, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Guys, we have to fight for peace. Is that, that sounds a little oxymoron, right? A little weird. You have to fight for peace. But guys, you have to cultivate that in secret so you can actually bring it out into public. You can't just have like on the moment, like, boom, peace. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe the spirit can do anything, but 
I mean, there's something about a private life that allows you to bring that into the, you know, public life. Hmm. All right, I'm going to get real practical. Ready for some practicality? Okay, practical. I'm going to talk about four enemies of peace right now. I'm going to do it quick, 5B style, and then I'm going to open it up a little bit for testimony. Sound good? Okay, here are the four. These are four enemies of peace. Control, thought life, your pace, and hidden sin. So control. Guys, control will always come at a cost, and that cost is your peace. Anytime you want to try to control a relationship, a person, the life you're doing, whatever it is, like, I promise you, you're going to be changing that out for the peace that you have. Guys, we were not designed to try to control our life. We were designed to live in dependence, to live in a life of relationship with the Father who knows what's best for us. And anytime you're trying to white knuckle something, like, that is just not good for the body. <laughs> it's literally, you can feel, anybody can feel stress and worry in your body. Do you know that the body is like a prophet? This group is really hard today. Somebody. Guys, your body can literally tell you things because you're not listening. So the body's like, yo, I'm going to have to try to shut you down a little because you're going way too fast. That worked. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Guys, we have to let go of outcomes. If you're a person who like needs to be like, I need to know the outcome, I promise you're going to have a frustrating life. Like straight up. Like, I mean, you have to learn to let go of outcomes in your life. And all you're replacing it with is God. I don't have anything for you. This life is unpredictable, but God isn't. Like, he's always good. He's always faithful. He's always true. All right, two, thought life. We see two ways in Scripture that you get transformed. One is uh, 2 Corinthians 3, beholding in the mirror the glory of God, being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. So one way we get transformed is by beholding. The second way is you get transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12. So what we hear from that, guys, is the battle literally is won and lost in the thought life. Like what we do with our thoughts is actually a really big deal. It's not even like a small deal. It's like a big deal. <laughs> Look at this verse here. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. The steadfast mind, this is a promise. The steadfast mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in God, the Lord, we have an everlasting rock. Woo! Somebody. Guys, the steadfast mind you keep in perfect peace. Help me, Lord. <laughs> Guys, a lot of our worries, fears, anxieties, I'm convinced, are from stories that we're telling. Untrue stories, untrue narratives. Proverbs 31 woman, it says she smiles as she looks into the future. Guys, I don't know what eyes she had, but that woman was smiling, it says, when she looked into the future. And for me, what does that say? It says she has a connection with a God who's good, with a God who's faithful, with a God who she knows. She doesn't know how the future is going to go, especially in those day and age. We have a lot more predictability. People dying all the time there. But she smiled because whatever I'm going to go through, I know this God's going to be with me in it. That will bring a smile to your face. But I want to say, guys, we're all good at telling stories. We're story makers and storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not careful, because I've been pastoring a long time, man, I'll be watching people fear tripping. They start going one fear to the next fear to the next fear, and they be tripping on all that fear. But fear has a way of doing that, right? We all laugh. We're like, oh, maybe me a few times. Um, I mean, right? I mean, let's go. Come on. We're all in that same boat for, for real, if we're being honest. But, like, you know, we got to be careful with the narrative. We got to be careful with the story that we're telling. You know, and many things, God isn't saying that story. You're saying that story. And I can go down a huge thing about people getting healed because of just a better narrative. But going on to three, pace. Can you put up that verse? Um, yep. I love this verse. Also, it's not good for a person to be without knowledge. Amen. But the second part, he who hurries his footsteps sends. <laughs> we need no commentary for that one, guys. 
that's an easy one. What does it mean? It means go fast and you will sin. I mean, can somebody testify? Very hard to love when you're going fast. Very hard to be kind when you're going fast. Very hard to walk in peace if you're just always going fast. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit is slow. You've heard me say this. Besides joy, I'm like, dude, kindness, patience, gentleness. I'm like, man, these things are slow. So I once heard someone say they were recovering speed act, and they weren't talking about the drug. I was like, I could relate. <laughs> I could relate. I'm still trying to slow myself down. You know, if you want to walk with God, and this is my quote that someone else says, but if you want to walk with God, you have to go at a walking pace. There's just no other way. Like, he walked. You have to learn that pace. And then the last one, hidden sin. I can't tell you this one. is just, if you're walking in darkness and not in the light, like, yeah, you're definitely not going to be feeling peace. <laughs> it's just, it, it's impossible. Uh, you want to throw that verse up? I think it's, yep, Psalms 32. When I kept silent, this is David, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Wow, exactly. Why don't we just pause? Say la. Okay, again. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through, all, through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with a fever heat of the summer. There's my Selah. That's a real one. I acknowledge my sin to you and my inequity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah again. Yeah, God is light, in him is no darkness. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It's a done deal. But I'll tell you, there's power in letting other people in on your life. And there's something about yes to the Lord, and that needs to be true and honest, but then bringing others into it and sharing stuff, because then the enemy has nothing on you. <laughs> he has nothing on you. But he literally has legal ground if you have stuff that you just are not confessing, and you're just trying to do the Christian life and walk with God, but still carry stuff. All right, guys, you ready to just open it up for a little bit? Sound good? All right, so here's how we're going to do it today. Five Bs. We got some new people. Be brief, baby, be brief. And Jack pointed out that the five Bs is not brief at all. Appreciate that, Jack. Um, so here's our five. Control, your thought life, your pace, hidden sin. How have you seen God work against this enemy of peace in your life? And just at the top, pick one only, right? And you know me. I got no qualms about coming and taking that mic from you. So you try to give your five-point sermon, I'm like, yo, you out. <laughs> um, but yes, feel free to share on these four. Sound good? Oh. Hi. Um, I'm Mark. Um, I have prayed for years for the Lord to help me to cry more because... Um, it just, I found that it wasn't a regular part of my life to cry or to feel those emotions so much that it would move me to cry. And um, as I was just in Europe with John Mark, we went to this conference called Four Days of Grace. And at the end of the conference, we did a, like a prayer line fire tunnel thing. And um, John Mark started praying over me. And um, he, he kept saying, the Father wants you to know you're precious. You're precious to him. You're precious to him. And he wants you to know that you're good. You're good. You're so good. And he just kept saying that. And then I just started weeping. And I didn't realize that my self-talk had turned a corner at some point to believing that I'm not good, to believing that I'm bad, and that thought life area had just gone so far from the truth of who I am in him. And so to hear him speaking, you're precious and you're good over me, just totally wrecked me. And I didn't realize how much that had entangled itself with my emotions and keeping me all locked up. And so I'm so thankful. And in that moment, uh, I have a song called Precious. And so when the Father said, you're precious, I heard the Father singing my own song back to me. 
And I've been singing that song to the Lord for the past two years. And so to hear him singing my own song back to me just wrecked me even more. And so, um, yeah, I wept for a while. And it was like a really special moment with the Lord and with John Mark. And, um, yeah, it just, it feels so good. So I just wanted to testify of that, like that really wanted, we were talking about this, Jason, one encounter with the Lord and hearing him speak truth over you can just unravel what has been years of, of tangles and spaghetti. Thank you, Lord. Um, yeah, I immediately knew I had to come up here for this one. Um, especially when you called the sermon unanxious, I was like, what is that like? Imagine. Um, no, it's, yeah. So, and I don't mind sharing any of this if you ever need it. Never mind. Let me not volunteer for that. But I will talk about it if asked. I will talk about it if asked. Um, I have no shame about this. Um, cause that was actually something I tried to control for me, control and thought life were really interconnected. Um, so yeah, I have like really quick things. So personally I've been dealing with anxiety and like physically it happening in my body and I've gone to doctors and I've been taking medication for it and that has been working. So I think these things can work together. Jesus and medication can work together. Um, it's been working for me. It's different for other people, and that's fine. Um, but once that happened to me, it was literally a panic attack. I used to get them when I was a kid as well, but I never really knew what they were. And as a kid, I was just told, like, stop being dramatic. Suck it up. Get over it. Let's go. Jump in the pool. Hurry up. Uh, whatever. And... Um, so then when it was happening as an adult, I was just like, like my inner child is literally screaming out. Like it's, and, and I was just like, why is this happening right now? Especially to God. And I was like, there's nothing I could possibly learn from this. There's no way this has any point in my life. I'm just suffering for no reason. Hated it. And then I was having lunch with a friend the other day. And like, I just got to sharing like all the things I've learned through this journey. Like I've become more compassionate. I've, I've slowed down so much. I've said no to a lot of things. I'm kinder to myself. Like my thought life has changed because in the past I would have been like, oh my God, just suck it up. Just like the voices that used to tell me that as a child, see the connections. Um, like, just go to that event, or just go hang out with that person, or just don't speak up. Just, you know, head down, do the thing. So anyways, actually, my life kind of blowing up, God has used that for me to just relinquish control. Because I, and, and control doesn't necessarily mean you're a controlling person, like you're trying to keep all your ducks in a row. Maybe there's a lot of things that are in your control because you're a responsible person and you're trustworthy. Or maybe there's just like your routine that you had down and now it's like, actually we can't do that anymore. So it was hard to let go of that control but it's been really healthy and helpful. Um, two more super, super quick things, I promise. Don't take it, don't take it. Um, <laughs> Another thing, everybody knows about me. I'm a teacher. And like my kids will come from recess and they'll be like, bah, they hit me, bah, 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 all these things. And I was just like, wash your hands and we'll talk. And like that changes the room. It's so like when I'm calm, like if, if I've learned anything, Kayla, maybe you know, like if you want a calm classroom, like be a calm person. So. If you want a calm house, be a calm person, you know, stuff like that. Um, which I just brought, the other proverb came to my brain 
a soft answer turns away wrath. So if you maybe live in a home or used to live in a home where there was a lot of like, like I grew up with a lot of just barking at each other. But try a soft answer and see where that gets you. Last story today. I told Caleb to come tell the story, but he was like, nah. So I'm going to tell it. Um, we are going to be married for five years next week. And so we're going on a trip for our anniversary. And there's a lot to do before a trip. And we had these friends from out of town who wanted to come and stay over and like... Caleb also helped lead worship this morning here at Restoration. Um, and like, I started a little part-time job and just a lot of things going on. And we were like, both kind of overwhelmed by it all. But Caleb is never overwhelmed. He's like a rock. But like, today he was a little bit stressed out. And I got, it's funny, like we realized it in the moment like, when he was stressed, I was like, I got you. It's okay. I'll, I'll put a new bag in the trash. Like, I'll put the clothes away. And then, like, my energy was going down later as I was folding my laundry. He's like, where does this go? I'll put it away. Like, so that idea, too, of, like, two are better than one, bringing people into your situation. I was like, dang, when my energy was down, you got to lift me up. And when yours was down, I lifted you up. And I just think that was cool. Instead of just being anxious together, we were like calm for each other. So thank you for listening to me. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Oh, okay. How's God worked against the enemy of peace in my life? So I'm just back, back in town. I was in Ohio. And to just set the stage, I got back home to Ohio. I'm in my childhood room, and I've known such peace here. And all of a sudden, there's this attack on my peace. I'm struggling to get out of bed in the morning, and I'm struggling to go to sleep at night. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Like, you've brought me back home to teach me about rest. What's happening? This is unlike me. I'm a very energetic person. So to struggle with this, I was like, what's happening? And I'm aware that out my bedroom window, and I'm, again, I'm way more sensitive now. I've been walking in his peace more. So I'm more sensitive to things that I might not have noticed fully oppressing me in the past. Out my window, across the street, is the house I was molested in when I was a child. And the Lord is like, hey, this is what we're going to unpack in this time. We're going to go through this. So I think, okay, you and me, God, we're going to do this together just like I like it. Let's hold hands. And he's like, actually... I want you to start getting vulnerable and going to the body of Christ because I've given them gifts and my glory is in them. And in your vulnerability and sharing, you're going to see my glory in each person that I've given a gifting of prophecy or healing or encouragement. And I want you to see that because that'll heal you in community. That'll heal your wound with community because that man went to my church. That man lived across the street. That man was a friend. His kids were friends with us, you know? And so he brought me into community. And I started sharing vulnerably, and it was a slow pace. It just looked like over and over and over again. And my sister gave me a great word. She's like, Claire, because I was like, I'm aware of the evil that's in that house. I'm aware of the spirit's still there. I could, I could almost like feel them and see them. I'd walk under the tree out front, and I would see the distortions in the tree. It was like they were taunting me. And uh, she's like, I want you, it feels like an invitation into praying more continually. Every time you feel that disturbance, pray. You're going to build that spiritual muscle memory of prayer. Such a good word. She's like, second, God's presence is greater. I'm not saying there is an evil in that house, but his presence is greater. I want you to picture him in every blade of grass. I want you to picture him in between the molecules of the air and in the bricks. He is there and he is greater. I'm like, that's good. Okay, we'll do that. And then I was joining trauma healing groups and leading those and going to counseling, go to counseling. There's so much for you there. Um, and I got a word, then I went to a healing room. Healing rooms are also great. And I mean, I was going after it. I was like, all right, you told me to get vulnerable. I'm going, I'm going out to your body and I'm going to, I'm going to meet people and I'm going to share and I'm going to see what you have for me in your people. 
And then this woman, it's like a group of four women. Praise God for, for your daughters and how you gifted them. She gets this prophetic word, and this is where my knowledge of him started to transmit into my body, and that peace just sunk in. She said, Claire, God's saying you're like David when he ran to the battlefront with Goliath. And I started to feel that victory, that assurance of victory rise up within me, and I was like, oh, I don't feel intimidatable anymore by this this evil that I had perceived. It's like it's there. Nothing's changed about it, but my revelation in God and his victory just took hold, and there was so much peace in that. And I saw her the next day at church. She goes, God has more to say. I was like, okay. And she said, he wants you to know that Goliath taunted the Israeli army twice a day, every morning and every night. So I don't know what these last couple months have been like for you, but God wants you to know that. And he wants you to know that you're like David. You're like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that thinks he can come against the Lord? And uh, I just want to release that on you. You guys carry his glory in, in the image, his image that he's placed in you and the giftings he's given in you. So the hidden stuff, speaking it into the light, like you will see God in one another. And, and the thought life, just switching out of the awareness of evil and into Awareness of God, his victory, and his presence. Praise God. Thank you. You can come up. Um, Just want to say thank you, Victoria. Now that you went multiple, everyone's going to go multiple. You're a trendsetter, a forerunner. No. (laughs) Um, But I just want to say, Claire, thank you for that and just being really vulnerable. That's beautiful. Um, in the size of this room, there's always people who've been touched in ways they shouldn't, and I'm sorry if that's you right now. And if you've never shared that with anybody, Claire's an incredible person for the females. You know, find a safe person if you think I'm safe. But there, it's just helpful that other people know that, that, that. And it doesn't mean it'll change anything, but that, to me, is a huge step in the healing journey. Um, it's just opening that door because there's no shame, you know, there's no shame in love. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Rachel. Um, So yesterday I kind of had a crazy experience, and this is, like, kind of helping me process it. Um, Yeah, so yesterday I was hanging out with the girls, Sueño A. It was really fun. Used to live there. And as I was driving home, um, I was on Los Caneros, and then, like, you know the other side where people just kind of, like, try to race each other because there's, like, it gets to that one lane. So I was on the other side because I was going onto the highway. And as I'm driving, I'm, like, listening to worship music, talking to the Lord in a lot of peace. And I see this car, and it doesn't go to that median. It actually crosses the median and starts headed towards me. And then it's like, it kind of like angles and then it like is in the lane next to me, headed towards me and then just goes past me. And I was like, oh, wow. And it was like, oh, wow, I might have almost died. But the crazy thing is like, I wasn't like freaking out. Like I saw like as it was happening, but I was in peace because I was like in his presence as I was in my car. And... It's interesting because I was also more alone on the road. So like my pace was like, it couldn't have been faster, but it was really consistent. And um, I don't know. I just feel like when the Lord is with you in the midst of that and you have that peace, like he's, like you're with him in that inner peace, but he's orchestrating the outer peace outside of you, you know? Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that. It's like, even if things are going around you, like connecting to that inner peace that he's given you and he's like in control of everything. So. Hi, everybody. Uh, it's been a while since I've been here, but uh, yeah, I'm Josh. Uh, yeah, so um, wow. It's really great to be back because I just look at 
the people. They're all different people, but it's the same spirit. Jesus is still here, and it's wonderful. It's so good to see all of you. Um, so when I was in college, I used to go to this uh, sort of worship session, in, uh, and it was amazing. And I met up with some people, and they were really, really cool. And we would worship together, and it was, it was incredible. And um, after, after a while, these, these people kind of branched off. They kind of did their own thing, but I kind of kept on worshiping in the, in, in the group with everybody else while they were kind of off to the side worshiping on their own sort of. Um, and then one day I'm worshiping, I'm like full on in the spirit and I just get the revelation of peace actually, like that is a promise. Like it is for me. It's, there's nothing that can take it away from me. So long. I'm going to fight for it no matter what. And, uh, so I fight for it every single day and I just get that finally that, that peace and I just have it and I'm in the spirit and I'm just peaceful and oh my goodness, it's just like, I'm like falling asleep, almost standing up is amazing. And, um, so then I'm, I'm, so then I'm just in that space, and this a man that I used to worship with all the time, he comes up to me, taps me on the shoulders, like, hey, man, my friend, he is, he's not peaceful. He's, like, not in a good spot right now. I need you to help me pray for him. So I go outside. I leave the worship session. I go outside, just totally in the spirit. I just walk up to him, and he goes off. He's like, I can't feed my kids. I can't do, and I'm like, first of all, I'm 22 years old. I don't have kids. I don't know what you're dealing with. I didn't say that, but that was in my, in my heart. I was like, I have no idea what's happening. So he's just talking about like, how come all these people who are rich can do all this stuff and I can't, and I can't even barely feed my kids. And he's like talking about the injustice of the world and he's going off and he's absolutely just like firing off like things. I'm like, absolutely. I agree with you. And I'm just sitting there. I don't actually say a thing. I'm just sitting there and I'm probably listening to him about for about 30 minutes, just like standing there, like no emotion, nothing, just like I'm listening, I'm right here. And then he sort of has a lull, and I, and I just feel like the prompting of God say, hey, right now. I say, okay, I can't solve any of your problems, <laughs> but I can give you peace. Do you want it? And he said, yeah, yeah, no, I want peace. That's what I want. And so I said, okay. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I, just, just so, I have so much peace right now. I, give it, I just impart that onto you right now. And he just felt it immediate and it was immediate it didn't it didn't happen a second and you no know, god wanted to give him peace right then and there and he wasn't going to wait so he gave him that peace and he just felt it and he was like oh my goodness he just sank into it and it was amazing and i saw that and this is like a big dude like he's like 300 pounds like big dude and he and he was just like oh my goodness yeah, absolutely. And then he got the joy because joy often comes after peace. And then this guy starts running around the parking lot, ministering to everybody in the, that he can even find. And he starts yelling and screaming, Jesus loves you and you're amazing and everything. All because Jesus said, there's peace for you. That's it. That's all that, that's all there is. And, and that, so I had to share that. Like that's one of my favorite stories of Jesus. So good. says in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what makes up the kingdom. Who's next? There's a few here like I should share, but my heart's beating really fast. All right, Tim, here you are. Thanks, Jason. For me, I've been having some trouble sleeping at night and... Um, Historically in the past, there's been this thing that's kind of manifested in my dreams. It's like this black, overwhelming force. Either be this giant tornado, giant tidal wave. And I've always thought about that, that existential dread that just kind of lingers over my life. And um, I never quite knew what that represented. Um, last week, I kind of thought, um, maybe that represents pain in my life, my pain. And I've always been trying to run from it, from... And that's the only coping strategy that I have. So running from pain, that doesn't give peace. It just creates this sense of, like, it's going to catch you. It's going to run from you. So I asked myself, like, what if I actually let pain have a voice in my life instead of just putting it in the back trunk of my life and just trying to drive on? Our emotions are like kids. We don't want them driving the car, but we also don't want them in the back of the car either, it's like stuffed in the trunk. <laughs> so... So anyways, I, that was a cool quote that made me realize, like, what if, what if I gave, gave my painful emotions a seat at the table of my life? And I and just asked them, like, what are, you, what are you trying to say to me right now? Because pain is a messenger. Pain is trying to tell me something. Pain isn't the problem. 
Right. So I think I found a lot of peace just sitting there having conversation with my emotions. And, um, you know, it wouldn't, doesn't sound like you'd have peace after talking with pain, but there's, there's resolution to conflict. Instead of just having this unresolved thing that just looms over your life, it's nice to just go to the root issues and start there, you know? And so, yeah, that's what I have to say. Thank you. David talked to his soul, in case anyone needed the Bible to back some of that up. Um, I just want to just affirm what Tim said, and it's something I've been thinking. It's not, it's the hidden, and it's like, you know, Tim, even just talking about it and bringing it out in the light, it doesn't have the stronghold ever because it's exposed. And I think with so many things, like sin will make you hide or shame will make you hide, but it's like when you confess your sin or you find someone to talk to about things that you've held, you know, when, when you, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're anticipating a conversation with someone and well, there's unresolved conflict and you almost feel physically sick and you can do it for days and days and days and days and finally you have to speak to that person. And when you do, it's not nearly as awful as you thought it was because the enemy's just had this wild time with you and just had all this fun tormenting you. So just my encouragement is just bring it in the light. You know, find someone because there is so much healing in that and freedom. And it's like the enemy cannot, he, he cannot live in light. He cannot it's, and then all the lies and all the things you believe and all the things you assume, it just, it's gone. And it's, it's great. <laughs> Hi, IVC fam. Um, I'm Wayne. <laughs> Um, I was going to talk about control, um, for a good chunk of my life. Um, I had a lot of hidden, suppressed anger, um, towards like my mom, um, and just like anything that she did, um, that didn't align with like how I thought I should be treated and how life should be going. Um, you know, just stuffed in this bottle and just like for so long, I just, I did that. Um, but it wasn't until, um, what we had at Harvest Hill Church with Taylor, we had this thing called Summer Ascend. Um, and there was a moment at our last, um, night session, we had this, um, uh, missionary, uh, Jeff Collins came and was just like, um, spoke to us and we were in like a moment of prayer and I like, I was, you know, I still had like so much hate, anger, and um, bitterness. And in that moment, I like, I couldn't take it anymore. And I remember I was just like, Lord, I'm done. I, I can't keep fighting this losing battle. And like, just like after, like literally like few moments after um, releasing those words, I dropped like a, like a sack of bricks and Bliss was there, um, Taylor's wife, and she just like covered me like a blanket. And I like started just bawling. I never cried so hard in my life, <laughs> um, but it was, it was so good. It was, you know, 15 years worth of just anger um, and like no emotion. Um, but yeah, like it all got like released that night just because I submitted it to the Lord. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you only have any problems like that, just go to the Lord with it. He'll take care of it. He, I mean, real quick, <laughs> I was in the Monday, or I was working one day and doing the mundane at America's Tire. Um, I was fixing the tire. Um, 
and the Lord like hit me. He was like, Wayne, I don't just patch you up and send you out. I make you completely whole and new again. And that hit me like really hard that day. <laughs> but it, it was so good. And like I can, you know, like I can feel it in that moment. Like he didn't just like slap some flex seal tape or whatever on it and just be like, ah, you're good now. Good, you know, you rub some dirt on it, go play. It was like, no, I acknowledge what you felt. I'm taking it away from you. And I'm still, I still love you. Like, let's do this together. So, yeah. All right. Does anyone else feel like, man, I really got to say this? Because if not, we're going to shift gears here. Can the worship team pop back up real quick? That'd be great. We're just going to end with a song, just kind of remember what the Lord's done in our life here. Amen. So there's a, um, a really good word from Jesus here about peace in the Gospel of John chapter 14, but he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And so that's the good news, guys, is you have peace. You know, and kind of Wayne hit on this, but we're not trying to get whole in Christ. You're actually discovering that you already are. And the Bible says, in Christ you are complete. So it means you're already brand new, you're already whole. But there's a revelation of that that needs to come from him to just become truth in your life. But peace is the same way. I don't want you to feel like you got to try to go search for it as much as like you already have it. And the Holy Spirit is the best teacher on saying, okay, well, how do we walk in this more, God? What does this look like in my life, you know? And I know for me in this season, it's been God's continuous invitation to just sit, just sit. I don't want you to try to read, pray. I just want you to sit, Jason. And so he's just trying to move me farther into this place of just this unanxious presence in the midst of storms. Um, but for you, it might be a different story. You Maybe the therapist is what you need in this season or, you know, whatever path he's kind of moving you on. But I just feel like Holy Spirit is our best teacher of how to walk in more peace.